And welcome into the KDLM Sports Wrap, everybody. I'm back. And man, what a week to be gone last week. I feel like last week there was just a, a ton of stuff that went down as we're, we're getting announcements on when people are starting and who can play where in the NBA tattle hotline and Washington Redskins name change controversy and... What else with her? St. Thomas goes from Division 3 to Division 1 last week. But that's all last week. Plenty to talk about for this week, including the Minnesota Twins beginning their season with a three-game series against the Chicago White Sox beginning on Friday. We were we are going to have our first live non-replayed sports game coming up on Wednesday. The Twins have that uh the scrimmage against the Chicago Cubs on Wednesday. We'll have that game on KDLM. Since I was trying to do some research and to find the last game that we had, I'll have to do some digging back in March to see when the last live sports broadcast we had on KDLM was. It was probably March 14th, 15th, 16th, somewhere in there. I'll do some research today and have the the final answer uh, tomorrow. Uh, But, Wednesday, Corey Provis, Dan Gladden, Chris Atterbury, Twins versus Cubs on KDLM. And I, I can't wait. Let's rewind the last, um, I would say the last week, because there was no sports wrap last week, I guess. And so let's let's recap. Let's, let's, just, let's do the weekend here. Rewind time. We'll keep things easy. Starting with the the Minnesota Twins, another inter-squad game today is the year up for the regular season opener on Friday. The team visits the White Sox, like I said before, on Wednesday, then head to face the White Sox for a three-game series beginning Friday night. 6-3 pregame show, 7-10 first pitch here on KDLM. Man, <laughs> that felt good to say that. I'm not, oh, my, oh man, I'm, I'm sorry for sports to be back. Jose Barrios gets the opening day start for the Twins. And other Twins news, a couple notables. Jake Odorizzi was scratched from yesterday's scheduled start in the scrimmage uh, due to some back tightness. He's considered day-to-day. Also, after what he called a, quote, rough spring, the Twins have released reliever Ulis Chassin as well. So the roster beginning to take shape. I know a lot of questions uh, to do with Byron Buxton's uh, ankle injury. In-, in case you missed this, I think it was last Monday, uh, while making a catch, he twisted his ankle, had to get carted off the field, and fans and everyone expected the worst because the season hasn't even started yet, and Byron Buxton already on the shelf. Apparently not that serious, and Buxton says he is going to be ready to play Friday against the Chicago White Sox. So we'll keep uh, updated on Byron Buxton's status for Friday. Two. The Minnesota Wild getting ready to head to Edmonton to hop into their Bubble. They had a, their first team scrimmage of training camp on Saturday afternoon at a Tree Rink in St. Paul. Uh, and, and some pretty good hockey. Zach Parisi scoring an overtime winner for for his team. Jared Spurgeon, Jordan Greenway, and prospect Kalen Addison also scoring. Uh, Matt Dumba w- w- was in that game as well. Dumba was, uh, was hurt earlier this season. He's going to be back for the playoffs. The final scrimmage of training camp is going to be Thursday morning. And then the team leaves for Edmonton for postseason action. The Wild uh, have that five-game play-in series against the Vancouver Canucks. Golf. Tiger Woods not exactly living up to the expectations that a lot of people had. It was his first tournament since February. Uh, he did play in the, was it, was it Memorial Day with, with Peyton and Tom 
and uh, and Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson having a pretty rough day yesterday. I saw a, the, the only clip I saw from the Memorial Tournament yesterday, as I was on my uh, my my vacation. I, I tried to stay away from from social media and news as much as I could, and then just got the recap in my email this morning. The I, I saw this on Facebook where, where Mickelson was. The the thing that I hate about Phil Mickelson is when he gets out of the running in these tournaments, he just gets he gets down on himself, he gets mopey, and he just does some some weird stuff. Like yesterday, attempting a seventy eight foot putt from the fairway. Phil, I, I I get that it's kind of entertaining for guys like me to talk about, and for people for people to to talk about, but it's just the, the body language of Phil Mickelson yesterday, despite being out of it. And you know, you're getting to play golf. I mean, you're not playing. I mean, that, that, that's what it's like to be me. When you get so frustrated, you're, you're, you're putting from, from the fairway, 78 feet out. I think they said the longest putt ever made. Uh, it was like 115 feet is what they said on the, <laughs> on the broadcast. Uh, but John Rahm, he was the winner. He holds on despite a, a two-stroke penalty on the 16th hole. He finishes at nine under par. Not only the uh, taking the crown at the Memorial, but taking the crown away from Rory McIlroy as the number one golfer in the world. John Rahm finishes three strokes ahead of Ryan Palmer. Uh, now Rahm becoming one of two Spaniards to reach the number one spot in the worldwide rankings. Him and, and Semi Bass. Uh, I can never say his name is his last name. Ballesteros, Seve Ballesteros and John Rahm, the only two Spaniards to be number one. Tiger Woods, like I mentioned before, uh, didn't really uh, do as well as he wanted to. Six over at his first PGA event since February. Some other golf news uh, during the, the broadcast at the Memorial, the, the, the tournament's founder, Hall of Famer Jack Nicklaus, who I got to meet at the Ryder Cup. Very nice man. Revealed that he and his wife both tested positive for the coronavirus in March Nicholas turned 80 in January and uh, says he developed a sore throat and a cough from the, the virus, but his wife had no symptoms, was asymptomatic, and has since recovered. The 18-time major champion added that he feels very fortunate that neither he or his wife had any serious complications due to their at-risk age. So, yeah, very fortunate uh, Jack Nicholas and his and his wife to, to not have it worse than than what it was. Three. Bit of a bonus three. Uh, talked about this in, in, in sports earlier today, but the NBA tweaking the rules for its initial matchups, usually 12-minute quarters. They're reducing that to 10, just as players get back into the swing of things. After not playing for four months uh, during the exhibition games, they're going to go from 12-minute quarters to 10-minute quarters. But when the when the games that count matter, going back up to 12 uh, exhibitions uh, start on, on Wednesday with a four game slate. Of course, uh, no Timberwolves cause they did not finish in the, well, they're bottom, what bottom three, bottom four, something somewhere down there. Exhibitions continue through July 28th uh, and, and plans call for all 33 exhibition games to be televised. Uh, some combination of, of local TV, national TV, NBA TV, or NBA league pass. So twins preseason begins Wednesday and also uh, some exhibition games for the NBA to get players back in shape begins as well. Three. A second bonus three on a Monday morning? You better believe it. This time go to the NFL. So we, we've, we've heard the plans for the NHL. We've heard the plans for Major League Baseball. We've heard the plans for the NBA. But what is the NFL 
going to do? Because they have really been the only major pro league, virtually, no pun intended, somewhat unaffected by the coronavirus. Super Bowl wrapped up in, in February. I mean, the, the NBA, uh, the, excuse me, the NFL draft was, was, one, was 100% virtual in, in April. That worked out pretty well. Haven't had to miss any regular season games, any postseason games. Training camp begins this week, and a lot of players are wondering uh, what is going on. Excuse me, training camp doesn't begin this week. It begins next next Wednesday, or next Tuesday, excuse me, July 28th. I, I'm still a week off. I'm, I'm still trying to, to figure out what day of the week it is after a week after a week off. Yesterday, trending on Twitter was uh, hashtag we want to play. And a, a number of, of notable players, including a couple Vikings, getting in on this yesterday, initially began with a J.J. Watt tweet, basically stating the, the, the player's case of, we want to know what is going to happen to ensure our safety, because hashtag, we want to play. And then two players of the Vikings, uh, linebackers Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, who who have really been the, the outspoken players on this this Vikings team not only in terms of of NFL issues but also social justice issues with with George Floyd and everything going on there uh chimed in on this as yell both both voicing their concerns uh with players reporting to camp and what could come of it if it's not handled properly this is a tweet from Anthony Barr you can follow him on Twitter at Anthony Barr he says this I want to play football, and I know the fans want to watch football this year. For that to happen, the NFL needs to step up and create a safe work environment for us players. Hashtag we want to play. Same with Eric Kendricks. Follow him on Twitter, at EricKendricks54. I just want to play football with my teammates, but we need the NFL to step up and create a safe work environment for us. Kind of reiterating what Anthony Barr said as well. Uh, Stefan Diggs, which if you don't follow Stefan Diggs on Twitter and Instagram, uh, it's a wild ride. We'll, we'll just say that. He he chimed in yesterday as well, kind of comparing uh, the NFL to the NBA and how well and how transparent the NBA has been on issues like this. If hashtag Adam Silver can respect the voices and protect his NBA players, why can't Roger Goodell do the same thing? Listen to your players. If you want to have a full season, it will have to look different with our safety as priority. The NFL needs to make the necessary changes. Hashtag we want to play. Kind of a different spin on all this, not really regarding player safety, but family safety. Is Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, who uh, is scheduled to, to face off against the Vikings uh, in Seattle this season. He tweets this yesterday. I'm concerned. My wife is pregnant. NFL training camp is about to start. And there's no clear plan on player health and family safety. We want to play football, but we also want to protect our loved ones. Hashtag, we want to play. Of all the major sports that have been impacted by COVID-19, like I said before, the NFL has had the benefit of, 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 of waiting and watching and learning to see what everybody else uh, has done through this pandemic. And even with the added time, to, to not announce protocol for training camp outside of media procedures, which there aren't going to be any, and uh, and and teams, including the Vikings, closing their camps to fans. So no fans allowed at TCO Performance Center in Egan for training camp this year. That's really all that. <laughs> that's really all that we know. 
Uh, they they they've kind of maintained a uh, the status quo this offseason, kind of doing the the bare minimum. They had their their virtual draft. They released their schedule early. Uh, they've even expected uh, they've suggested expecting their stadiums to be at full capacity for the start of 2020 season, which I believe is Labor Day weekend, which I don't think is going to happen when NDSU and Oregon Ducks aren't going to play because of issues like this. I don't I I don't think full stadiums across the country is is going to be the answer. So that is is likely going to change. I I believe. And if 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 it doesn't change, I mean, would you feel safe going to a crowded US Bank Stadium? I mean, if you go to kdlmradio.com, uh I I wrote an article this morning about uh Minnesota COVID numbers. Now 40,001, yep, and one, exactly 40,001. Uh, people are out, are out of isolation now because of COVID, but it breaks down some of the numbers. And while the numbers up here, I think Becker County has has had since this started, eighty confirmed cases and zero deaths. I think Ottertail County has like one hundred and thirty cases, and then the, the numbers keep declining on the the counties surrounding Becker County. So you're looking at Norman County and Clearwater County, Hubbard, Wadena, Ottertail. I, I, Cass, Clay, well, I, I forget which, I think it's Clay County is where, that, that's where most of them up here are, the Fargo-Moorhead area. Like the, the numbers are going down, but the, the further south you get, Stearns County and south, east, Hennepin, the numbers are rampant. Would you feel comfortable going and sitting with a stadium full of people from the Twin Cities where COVID-19 is at its worst in the state? Just to watch a bunch of guys throw a ball around and tackle each other, I don't think I'm I'm, I'm that desperate yet. But, but that be, that being said, I've I may, maybe I'm not the person to to voice my opinion on this because I've never been to a Vikings game. As as odd as that sounds, I've covered training camp numerous times, but I've never gone to the Metrodome, U.S. Bank Stadium, TCF Bank to watch when they played there. I've never attended a Vikings game. I, I, with with Vikingo, I, I I always joke about this. I've given away like sixty pairs of Vikings tickets playing Vikingo, and at my time here at KDLM, and no one's ever invited me to go. <laughs> and I've just I've just never gone. Come up a second have the sports wrap. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this. The PGA is coming to Minnesota uh, this coming week for the the PGA Tour 3M Open. And some huge names, including a couple of former Big Ten champions and a couple of former Minnesota Golden Gophers. We'll hear from Mike Grimm and his conversation uh, with former Gopher Eric Van Ruyen about competing at home, kind of, this weekend. That interview is coming up second after the sports wrap here on KDLM. Grab some friends, co-workers, or family and come party on our pontoon. Jane K. Marine and KDLM have teamed up again for the on-the-water pontoon party. Here's how you get registered. Head online to KDLMRadio.com or the Lakes Area Radio app and get signed up. That's it. It's that easy. Then listen right here Wednesday morning to see if you're a winner of a South Bay pontoon rental from Jane K. Marine the following weekend. Pontooning is a great way to social distance with your circle of friends or family and now you can treat them to an evening on the lake with Jane K. Marine and KDLM. Sam will pass to the right side, man wide open. Caught Thielen, shakes a tackle at the 40. Adam Thielen 
with a cold-blooded connection on third down. Your sports leader in the Lakes area is 93.1 FM and AM 1340. This is KDLM, Detroit Lakes. I'm Kyle Montgomery with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The NFL and NFLPA are continuing to work out training camp details, but there's still much concern about health and safety protocols amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Players taking to social media to share their feelings. Russell Wilson tweeting, I'm concerned. My wife is pregnant. NFL training camp is about to start, and there's still no clear plan on player health and family safety. We want to play football, but we also want to protect our loved ones. Drew Brees adding, if the NFL doesn't do their part to keep players healthy, there is no football in 2020. It's that simple. Get it done, NFL. The NFL recently released a statement saying, in part, we will continue to implement the health and safety protocols developed jointly with the NFLPA and based on the advice of leading medical experts, including review by the CDC. We'll address additional issues in a cooperative way. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Show your gopher pride. Cheer on the gophers all season long on Classic Hits, KDLM. Thirteen forty, Katie Lemon Station. You can count on. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap. The PGA Tour 3M Open returns to Minnesota this coming week with the opening round set for Thursday at TPC Twin Cities Course in Blaine. Seventy-two hole tourney will conclude on Sunday. Fans are not allowed to watch in person, but there will be national television coverage of the event. And we'll talk about it probably a lot here on the on the sports wrap here on KDLM. How about this? We get we get twins baseball this week and PGA golf in the state of Minnesota at the same time. That's so cool. One of the golfers to keep an eye on at this tournament is up and coming South African Eric Von Ruyen, who now lives in Florida. He's a former U of M golfer and is excited to come back home, kind of, to play in a PGA Tour event in Minnesota. His his wife Rose and her family is from the Twin Cities, so Eric's excited to return. Played for the Gophers from 2009 through 2013. Finished second in the Big Ten Championships in 2013. He joins former Gophers uh, Tom Lehman and current Gopher uh, Angus Flanagan as players in the field at the 3M Open this week. He recently had a conversation with Eminem Sports Director Mike Grimm about coming back, his time with the Gophers, and playing in a PGA event in Minnesota. We've got that full interview right now on KDLM. Eminem's Mike Grimm and Gopher Eric Von Ruyen. Thank you, Garzi. We appreciate it. Hope you're enjoying your time off. We're uh, glad to be filling in here on the Gopher Podcast, and we have a very special guest who we're excited to talk about, a PGA Tour professional golfer, a former Golden Gopher, a 2013 graduate of the U of M, Eric Van Royen, and uh, he has had a lot of success on the PGA Tour, and uh, he's uh, getting ready to come back to the Twin Cities to play in the 3M Open here in not too long, uh, later in the month. And uh, first of all, uh, Eric, uh, great to chat with you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Um, it's it's always fun for me to, to talk to people who who love gopher sports. You know, I'm obviously I've always been a massive fan since I came, and um, thank you for having me. 
Well, I definitely want to get into a lot of your PGA stuff and uh, tournaments you've contended in. You had the lead in in some tournaments, and you're right on that cusp. Uh, But I want to talk Gophers first here, since we are on the Gopher podcast. You're from South Africa, and so Mm -hmm. the first obvious question for those that haven't followed Gopher Golf that closely, uh, how did you get connected with the U of M, and uh, how did you decide that you wanted to come from uh, South Africa all the way to the Twin Cities and and golf in the Big Ten? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the first question everybody asks um i the the easy answer is is i got recruited by um the coach at the time brad james um you know i got i got one or two i got three offers from from a couple schools and minnesota was one of them and and when i came on my visit it was i think may of 09 um i fell in love with the place um i really enjoyed the coaches at the time um and and i fell in love with with campus look it was it was end of may so you know springtime everything was was in bloom it, it wasn't you know 20 below um and um ended up coming to minnesota and and to be honest i absolutely love my four years there i met my wife there we come back to minneapolis regularly her whole family's from there um and i absolutely love being a golden gopher so I'm really glad that that's where I ended up. Well, certainly you had a lot of success as a gopher golfer as well. Um, I'm I'm uh, not surprised Coach James brought you over in May and not January for that official visit, right? Right, right, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't think he could he could have maybe properly explained how cold it really gets, and I think um, until you experience it for yourself, no one can really explain it to you. Um, but yeah, Brad James and I, uh, we hit it off from the get-go. You know, he's an Australian. Um, he's back in Australia nowadays. And, and um, the, the, the cultures between South Africa and Australia are quite similar. You know, we compete, um, you know, in different sports together, cricket, rugby. So we could hit, we hit it off right off the bat. And, and again, I, I fell in love with Minnesota. So um, I'm a proud golfer. What are some of your memories? Uh, maybe a meet that you were in, a championship event, uh, teammates. Obviously, you've made uh, friends with your teammates. One of your former teammates is your caddy right now. So, yeah. um, what, what were some of your favorite memories? Maybe your time uh, as a as a gopher. Um, geez, there's a ton. Um, for me, one of the favorite events was always the first event we had on our on our fall schedule. You know, we hosted the, the Gopher Invitational at a golf course called Spring Hill. Um, it's to this day, probably one of the best manicured golf courses I've, I've ever played. Um, so that was always something we look forward to. And, you know, I started in September of 09. That's right when TCF Bank Stadium opened up. So the whole school was absolutely buzzing. Um, loved going to, to football games. Um, and then my, my wife, she, at the time, she was a hockey cheerleader. So, needless to say, I went to a ton of hockey games <laughs> as well. <laughs> were, were you a hockey fan before, or did you become a hockey fan? No, not at all. Um, I back home in South Africa, we played field hockey. So, or I didn't play, but um, people play field hockey, and so I kind of knew that. But but um, hockey here was was, you know, the the rules are are kind of self explanatory and, and how the game works, but. I've never seen it before until I came here, and I honestly, I fell in love with it. It's fast-paced, um, and and from time to time there can be some aggression, and, and I think we all we all get into that kind of thing. So, um, 
And then obviously with your girlfriend being there, you, you kind of have to go, right? Yeah, 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 no doubt. And then did anyone say, hey, why, why are you always watching the cheerleaders and not the action, right? You had a good excuse at least. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no doubt. Um, hey, um, and then we mentioned that one of your former teammates is now your on-course caddy. Um, talk, talk a little about, uh, about that relationship and how that works. Yeah, so um, Alex Gargert, um, he started at the University of Minnesota a year after me. So I was a sophomore when he was a freshman. Um, and just became really close friends. He, I graduated in 13, he graduated in 14, and then he actually came down to South Africa. Um, he turned professional, came down to South Africa and qualified for the tour down there. And stayed with, with my wife and I for the whole year. So we played professional golf together. Um, after that, he came back to the U.S., and him and his wife moved down to um, Scottsdale, Arizona. And um, obviously, you know, one of my best friends and I was going through a time where I was struggling to find a caddy that was right for me. Things were kind of up in the air in a bit, and I invited him to come out and caddy for me in, in a WGC event in Mexico. And he came out. It was great. I asked him if he wanted to do this for kind of a full-time gig and he said yes and honestly it's been it's been absolutely fantastic you know at first I was kind of skeptical if, if we'd be able to balance that professional relationship with our friendship but it's 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 been really really good to have him on the bag yeah because I'm guessing there are times where a caddy's job uh, sometimes he may have to tell you a truth that you don't want to hear and if you're friends he might be a little hesitant to tell you hey you you, you you need to calm down here. You need to do whatever here, but that has worked. Right. It's worked with you guys. It sounds like. Well, I think that's what's so great about our relationship. Um, I think we base it on complete honesty, and I respect him so much for that. I know that whatever he says to me, whether I want to hear it or not, he's saying it in the best interest of me playing my best golf. So, um, you know, my job at that point is to not take it personally. If it's something I don't want to hear, I know that it comes from a good place. So um, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. And then, and then when we get off the golf course, we're friends again, mm -hmm. we hang out, we, we can throw a football together, we can play PlayStation together or, you know, go for a beer or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, we've, it's honestly been it's been a really good thing for me um, and for our relationship as friends. When you think of go for golf, obviously you think of some of the greats like a Tom Lehman who has you know put down mm -hmm. you know one of the great careers in in golf and and he also mm -hmm. uh, stays in touch and and comes back. Obviously, being from Minnesota, that that that's part of the draw to come back. Do you feel too at times that you have uh, some of that responsibility to help kind of carry that mantle, uh, whether it's on the European tour uh, where maybe fewer people know what uh, you know the University of Minnesota is about, and when you get your chances to play here in the U.S. as you will uh, here and Blaine at the, at the TPC. I'm sure, of course, you've played many times mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. where, where you're kind of carrying the uh, the banner a little bit, too. Yeah, and I think that sense has definitely grown over the last few years. Um, like I said before, I'm incredibly proud, proud to, be, to be a gopher. And, you know, I've made Tom Lehman a bunch of times. We've seen each other at, at events and we've spoken. And he's obviously done a, you know, he's had a fantastic career. And he's now, uh, I know he's involved with the program a ton. And, you know, I'm still in contact with the team. I know Justin Smith, the head coach, really well. And 
that sense of, of responsibility and, and um, you know, representing the program. At first, when you graduate college, it's like, okay, all I want to be and all I want to do is play professional golf. But then, you know, I'm 30 years old now. As, as you progress through your career, there's definitely a sense of, okay, how can I get back to my program? How can I, um, how can I carry myself um, as a golden gopher and, and, and show people and tell people what, what the place is all about? Because um, honestly, I'd go back for four more years if I could. <laughs> Well, very good. Um, let's talk a little bit now about uh, how golf is going. Obviously, well, you're top 50 in the world. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're in the midst of a streak here where you're going to be playing, you know, some PGA events, as we mentioned uh, here in uh, in Minneapolis, uh, the Twin Cities area. What? Um, how, how do you feel your game's coming into form, and uh, how excited are you to come uh, here later in the month to, to play uh, in front of, I guess, the adopted hometown fans? <laughs> Definitely an adopted hometown. Um, I'm really excited to come back. You know, in college, TPC, Twin Cities was a golf course we played many, many times. I know there's, they've done one or two changes to the golf course. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they've done. But I still feel like I know that course like the back of my hand. So almost like a mini homecoming, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, with regards to my golf game, you know, it started off as a, as a really good year. Um and then they kind of, you know, when they when they kind of hit the brakes on the tour right at the players, it was an interesting period for me because I was playing some of the best golf I've, I've played and um, all of a sudden now you're, you're kind of forced to put the clubs away. So the last couple of weeks I, m- I missed the cut at um, the Colonial. I played really well at RBC Heritage and then I missed the cut again in Detroit last week. So even though I feel like my game um, technically and, and mentally everything is sound and everything is in place, um, I'm excited to, to get on a bit of a run here. I've got four events in a row where I'm going to play. And so I'm excited to um, build some positive momentum and, and almost get some game time in, if that makes sense. Yeah, and how hard was that uh, to be playing so well? And golf is such a fickle game where if you're on a roll, you want to take advantage of that role, then to have everything kind of suspended worldwide. I mean, there was really nothing going on. And then you get thrown back in the action and no fans. And I'm sure it's a little bit unique uh, from that standpoint as well. Um, what was that time like where, you know, you were kind of, everyone was kind of stuck at home? I don't know if you were able to get to, out to the course or take some practice swings, but, you know, there's a two and a half month stretch there where no one was really able to do much. Yeah, exactly. Um, the golf course I'm a member at here down in Florida was closed for about five or six weeks. And all the other golf courses were practically only allowing members to play. So I couldn't go and practice anywhere. So the mindset really was just, look, it's it's almost a second off season. And as a professional golfer, we don't really get an off season to begin with. Um, you know, over Christmas and, and New Year's, there's maybe a two, three week break. But unless, unless you like top 10 in the world and you can really pick and choose your schedule, it's, it's not always possible to have two months off. So I actually quite relish that time where, okay, I can put the clubs away. I can get in the gym. I can work out hard. Um, I can spend time with my wife here in our, in our house. So I really enjoyed it. But again, like you said, um, you know, momentum is everything. So I'm, I'm just excited to, to now get back playing and, and get that ball going.
And you mentioned, you know, you want to get on a little roll here. What what are your goals um, for the rest of this year? Obviously, I would think uh, one of them would be to get that that full time privilege of of the PGA Tour. Correct? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, every every time you tee it up, your goal is to win. So that's always a goal of mine. Um, but I'm I'm on the cusp of securing my PGA Tour playing privileges for next year. So, um, to kind of lay it down for people, to lay it out for people. The regular season, even though it was cut down by two months, the season ends in like in like five weeks' time. Okay, so I'm playing four out of the next five weeks, and um, that's not including this current week. So like, there's about six tournaments left, including this current week, um, until the, guy, the guys go into the playoffs. So um, if I can play decent golf, which I'm sure I will, then um, come the next end of the next five weeks, I'll be, I'll be a full-time PGA Tour member, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, no doubt. And you've had success, you know, in certain PGA events, obviously on the European tour. Um, mm-hmm. We, we've seen your name pop up quite a bit on that leaderboard when we're watching on TV and in events and stuff. Um, what, what, as a pro, what has been uh, maybe a, a two or three of your, your, your fondest memories, best tournaments, uh, great finishes, all of that? I think the wins are always the ones that's gonna is gonna stick out. Um, I think if you even if you ask Tiger, who's had eighty something wins in the PGA Tour, he'll he'll remember every single one of those. So, um, you know, for me, it's it's my first win in South Africa. Um, yeah, actually, it was sorry, I need to retrace. The first one was actually at the Tate Mark Charity Program in in St. Paul, um, and then I won in South Africa, and then I went on to win on the Challenge Tour the following year. Um, that's that's the equivalent of the corn ferry on the European tour. So I went on to win in China, um, and then I went on to win on the European tour last year, um, around sort of September. And you know, I was in the mix in Mexico. I finished tied third in Mexico um, not too long ago. So I feel like I'm I'm really ticking all the right boxes, and I'm kind of clawing my way to my first PGA Tour win. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and how much of an advantage might it be, um, this is the second year of the 3M Open, getting back to to the TPC and how many times you've been able to play. And as you mentioned, the course has changed a little, but most of it has stayed intact. It's been lengthened uh, from from back when you probably played it on a regular basis. But not a lot of these pros. Obviously, a few played in this event last year, but it was a rookie that won it. Um, so do you? how big of an opportunity can maybe this be, and can you use some of that uh, familiarity with the course uh, to your advantage uh, here in a, in a couple of weeks yeah i definitely think it'll be oh i'll definitely use it as an advantage you know everything in this game is about how comfortable you can be in the environment that you're in um and, and that that means you know how comfortable you can be being in the lead with nine holes to play no matter where you're playing so um i definitely think it'll be an advantage but i think you said it perfectly a rookie won last year at the 3m open um, and I think that just shows you how good everyone is um, at, you know, playing practice rounds, dissecting the golf course, figuring out a, a game plan that suits them, um, and then attacking that game plan. So, um, yes, I know the golf course really well, and it'll be familiar, but um, these guys are still good, and, and I'll definitely have to bring my A game to compete. <laughs> 
Let me ask you a philosophical question about golf. A lot in recent weeks, and and really, golf is. This is a good chance for golf to to reestablish itself or or to further uh, grab the attention. You know, there's no baseball right now. Obviously, we're waiting on hockey and basketball to come back, and college sports are up in the air. I guess auto racing is going. Um, but you know, on the weekends, uh, it's it's been golf. And Bryson DeChambeau uh, in the last couple of weeks has made a lot of headlines. I'm not going to ask you about the the, the run he had with the photographer, uh, but I. I want to ask you about uh, he see he he has some unique thoughts on golf. He he's gained weight, he's gained muscle, he's drinking all these shakes, and he's hitting the ball a mile. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on on his thoughts on the game, and um, how do you compare with what he does? I know he's hitting it in, in competition sometimes three eighty. Um, what are you uh, doing off the tee? Anything different? Has the game changed for you? Um, do you listen to what he has to say? Um. First and foremost, um, I've got a lot of respect for Bryson. Um, you, you, you know, people might agree or disagree whether they like him or not. I'm not talking about if I like him or not. I'm, I'm saying I respect him mm-hmm. um, because the guy has a ton of conviction with what he's doing. Um, he's definitely following his own path and his own way. And the guy's won six times on the PJ Tour. So, um I have a lot of respect for what he's doing. He's obviously put in a, a, a ton of hard work in the gym. Um, he's done his research and he's hitting the ball an absolute mile. I really, um, I really did not expect to see that, you know, at, at RBC heritage, he was standing on the back of the range and there's a net on the back of the range. That's at about two eighty. So for us, you know, I carry it about 300. So I hit my driver over the net but he hits it 80 yards past that. And, and, and I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. So Bryson is definitely moving the needle. And I think a lot of guys will look at this and say, oh, wow, there's, you know, here's a different way of perhaps doing it. Um, so, yeah, Bryson's got his way of, of how he plays golf. Um, it's different from how I play the game. Um, and I think we're all different. I think what makes Bryson good is that he's got a ton of conviction with what he's doing and, and a ton of self-belief. Um, and really that's, that's the key to playing good golf. And at the end of the day, uh, he's drawn attention to himself, which in turn draws attention to the game and eyeballs and interest and maybe people who, who weren't so sure were like, uh, that's an interesting approach. I, I mean, even his swing now is different. It looks different. Like when he hits it off the tee, I don't know if you'd teach anyone to have that much of a violent swing. I mean, I, I wonder if his back will be able to, to, uh, to, to withstand yeah. that for a number of years, right? I mean, it's a, it's a funky-looking swing to me, and I'm, I'm not an expert by any means. It is. It is definitely different. Um, I am not a, a physical therapist or a trainer that could tell you his knees going to snap or his back's not going to make it. I don't know. Um, it certainly looks a bit uncomfortable to me. But, uh, you know, there's guys with call it more normal looking golf swings that have had back surgery and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um Maybe Bryson knows something we don't. I don't know. Maybe this whole thing backfires on him in two or three years down the line and he's riveled with injury. Um, I don't know. But right now, um, the guy's playing phenomenal golf. I think he finished top 10 in in Colonial, top 10 at Heritage. Um, he's finished top 10 at the Travelers, and then he went on to win Detroit. So the guy 
in the last month, he's, he's been the best golfer in the world. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, uh, from that standpoint, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but who are some guys maybe on the tour that, and I know you're in Jupiter and a lot of guys live in, in that general area, maybe that you play with on your own uh, practice time, maybe at the range, maybe you text, maybe you uh, go hang out and have dinner. Are, are there some guys that are, are good friends of yours on the tour that you might hang out with some? Yeah, there's look, there's a lot of South Africans that live down here. Ernie Alice is down here. Um, Brandon Grace, Louis, Charles. Um, so there's a ton of guys down here. Um, I've been playing golf with with um, Daniel Berger the last couple of days. Daniel, the one in Colonial, not too long ago. Um, you know, Rory's at the club where I'm a member at. Uh, Dustin Johnson's a member there. So uh, Shane Lowry that won the Open Championship last year. So there's there's really a ton of well, it's the best players in the world pretty much that are down here so um it's a fantastic environment to be surrounded in it's an environment where you can only get better so i'm i'm pumped to be in the mix here you mentioned all of the South Africans and such a great history, you know, all the way back to, to Gary Player and such. What um, um, and, and it sounds like you guys kind of have your own little brotherhood there. Do you do you get mentorship from a guy like Ernie Els or Gary Player or or some of the more recent players that, that might be uh, yeah. on the course now? Yeah, um, and I think I think it's important to to reach out and 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 you know ask questions for these guys because they've been there and they've done that. Ernie won, I think, close to 20 times in the PJ Tour. Um, he was world number one for a while. He's got four majors. So the guy's literally seen it all. Um, so, you know, if you've got questions, you'd be silly not to ask a guy like that. So, yeah, I, um, I'm relatively close to, with Ernie. Um, so, yeah, if I've got questions, I'm definitely asking him. It's, 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 it's definitely, is it kind of like a childhood era of mine. So, you know, when I first met him, it was kind of a strange experience because I'm now competing against him in tournaments, yet you look up to him so much from a, from a golf perspective, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's great to to be surrounded with these guys. Louis Ursaison, who won the Open, Charles won the Masters. You, you definitely kind of pick their brains on, on certain things, like how to play Augusta National, um, et cetera. Yeah, and with that heritage and, you know, growing up in, in a country that, that embraces golf so much, did you ever imagine when you were a young golfer, maybe 10, 12, 15 years old, that where what this journey would be like? You you would be a good player. You'd end up in the U.S., you'd, the University of Minnesota. You mentioned you've, you know, won in China. You've played in uh, on the European Tour. You've played, you know, basically everywhere around the world. It's it, I would have to think this has been uh, quite a, a, a fulfilling voyage, so to speak, uh, based on golf. Yeah. It's definitely been an incredibly fulfilling voyage, as you say. Um, you know, as a kid, I think all you see is is winning tournaments. That's all you want to do. Um, <laughs> I vividly remember being, you know, call it 10 years old or 12 or 13 years old on the putting green. And it's like you're talking to yourself, okay, this is to win the, the 2030 Masters tournament you know um, so you go through those things and um it's it's incredible to look back at that and to now kind of pinch myself and say dude i'm i'm literally living my dream so um have i won all the tournaments that at that age i thought i would no not yet but at the same time i'm, I'm right where i want to be um i'm competing against the best players in the world i'm I'm practically playing on the PJ Tour. I'm playing in all the majors. Um, 
it's it's pretty much as good as it gets. Yeah, indeed, no doubt about it. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here in in a couple of weeks. And I, I had I'd be remiss not to ask you about um, your reputation now as a guy who is high in fashion on the course with some of your uh, with with some of uh, what you wear with the joggers and and some of the other unique apparel. And I suppose we'll get to see some of that maybe uh, here in the Twin Cities when you when you come and play. But um, how did that start? And uh, and take us through uh, that development because. Uh, uh, obviously, it's yeah. uh, it looks highly organized, and you, and you you are like the front of a GQ magazine when you're on the course. <laughs> <laughs> I think my wife might approve, but I don't know so much about myself. Um, you know, it's, I, I used to do with Nike, um, sort of coming out of college, and then when when my contract with them ended, this company called Grace and Clothing has approached me, and it's a it's a really smart clothing company. Um, they've got many different styles, but the jogger was, was one of them. And I really like the idea of it. it. It's something different. Obviously guys have kind of dabbled with it in the past. I know Ricky Fowler's worn them once or twice. Phil Mickelson just wore them the other day. Um, and, and I think they look good. I think it's something different. I think it maybe attracts a bit of a different crowd, maybe a bit of a younger crowd, which, um, it's always great if you can grow the game somehow um so i like it i think it looks pretty smart um again it's something different so you stand out just a little bit and um yeah they're comfortable so you should go get yourself a pair <laughs> I, I might do that i might indeed do that and and um i like it because we can we you know if there's a if you guys are playing in you know the twosome or whatever and and they show the green i can i can immediately identify uh, which which golfer i'm cheering for there by uh yeah. by by what you guys are wearing uh you mentioned the younger crowd i also wanted to ask you um first of all we, we can get your your uh, social media addresses on the twitter and and the other stuff but uh, you you talk about music a lot uh and, and mm-hmm. feature it on mm-hmm. your on your social media accounts um how important is music to you and does that does that you know do you put headphones in when you're at the range or does that help you with your golf game sometimes or on a life on the tour um it's not something i i i don't really mix it to to be honest um it's 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 you know i love music and i love all kinds of music but mostly i'm into rock and roll and um stuff like that it's kind of what the house i grew up in my dad listened to that kind of stuff my mom listened to a lot of classical music um and then i started playing guitar when i was 14 years old so uh, that my, my taste for music has definitely grown over the years but it's interesting because if i if i get a song stuck in my head there's no way i can focus properly when i'm at the golf course so <laughs> i'm about to, to tee off in the u.s open at Pebble beach and i've got a Foo Fighters tune stuck in my head. I don't know if I'll be able to focus where I'm supposed to. So um, I'm not the guy that practices with headphones in, but the minute I'm off the golf course, it's it's a massive escape for me. It's it's I can throw myself into my guitar and and almost go into my own little world and get away. That would be a great post round interview when they ask you what. Tell us about the one you hit in the water, and you'd say I'm blaming it on the Foo Fighters. It's all on them. <laughs> Right, Dave Grohl, <laughs> you punk. <laughs> exactly. Well, Eric, hey, it's been a great catch up. Great to uh, to to hear about how things are going. Um, we're we're really looking forward to seeing you. I guess there won't be fans, but we'll be able to watch you. We'll feel that connection on TV when you uh, come back to the cities for the for the three M Open. And and uh, a current Gopher uh, just got an exemption. Angus Flanagan just won the state Open here, so uh, yeah. there'll be a couple of Gophers uh, in that field. 
Yeah, I saw that. Look, Angus is a, is a fantastic player. I, I messaged him, I think it was yesterday, that when he won. Um, and, and told me he got the, the invite to the 3M because of that. So I'm really excited for him. I think it's going to be going to be cool to have a couple of gophers in the field. I don't know if Tom Lehman's playing. He might, he might be playing. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I'm excited to, to get back to Minneapolis. It's a city that I love. Um, I'm sure I'll find my way onto campus. And, and yeah, again, I'm just really excited to be back. Well, Eric, thanks so much. We appreciate you spending uh, some time with us and giving us uh, an update. It was very fun, and uh, best of luck uh, when you come back to the Twin Cities. Awesome. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right, he's missing that interview with Eric Von Ruyen, former Gophers golfer who's golfing in the 3M Open in the Twin Cities this weekend. You can go, uh, go back and listen to it on our on-demand page. KDLMRadio.com, or you can subscribe to KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Can't wait moment. Well, if you say you're not waiting for Twins baseball this week, you're lying. I'm going to call you out on it. Inter-squad game. Not an inter-squad game. Inter- it's, it's so weird to have a game that's not an inter-squad game. A summer tune-up, they're calling it, against the Chicago Cubs on Wednesday. We'll have that game on KDLM. Then Friday, first pitch of the 2020 season, just after 7-10, right here on KDLM. Jose Barrios on the mound to get the season started for the Twins on Friday. We have, we have updated our broadcast schedule online as well. You can check that out at KDLMRadio.com. Sports Chat returns tomorrow morning, 9.30, right here on the station. You can count on 1340 KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Off the record begins after CBS News.